and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I am your host. Joining me today is Josh Torres. Yo. Adam Vitali. Hello again. Great. And joining us after a long absence is David Kreinberg. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for coming back and joining us. Yeah, no problem. So, David, you may not be familiar. We completely changed up the format of our podcast. And yeah, so, I realize. It's yeah, every other week now. Chopped and stirred. And so now um, we're mostly focusing on a couple games at the start of this and then moving on to news um, and other details that have come out for the latest in RPG details. So moving right, right along. Um, first off, what we're going to do is um, just a little bit ago, Alex... Uh, Big Boss Alex and Adam recorded a little bit about Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. So first we're going to listen to the audio of that recording that they did. And you should be expecting a video up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPG site net uh, soon enough that you can watch that. But we're going to have the audio here in case you want to enjoy that. So first off, here's the audio from that recording. Hello, this is Adam from RPG Site, and I am here with Alex, um, and we're here to talk about um, Twilight Princess HD, which released on the Wii U about a week back. Alex, how are you yeah, doing? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I just read your review in preparation of this, but I have been playing also, so yeah. Yeah, so uh, when this came out, uh, well, I guess I should say, uh, to start things off, Twilight Princess I've always been pretty fond of. Um, I don't know if this is just my perception of things, but I always felt like, compared to some of the other Zelda games, um, the 3D ones uh, specifically, Twilight Princess seems to have some people who really, really like it and some people who really, really don't. Uh, and I've always fallen into the former camp. I've always felt that it just does a lot of things um, that uh, I think just kind of I have an affinity towards. Uh, and how it structures things, and how it, uh, how the dungeons are laid out, and how the story is presented, and things like that. So when they said they were coming out with a, an HD version for the Wii U, I was, I was, I was pretty excited to to try it out to see if my memories would hold up. And as you read my review, they did. I really enjoyed replaying it, and I kind of, I kind of crammed it onto a weekend, uh, the whole the whole playthrough. Um, what what were your general thoughts of Twilight Princess when it came out way back when. See, I, I had a lot of positive um, feelings about the game, but it, it was, I admit, wrapped up in the excitement of the Wii launch and the big deal that was motion control and all that sort of stuff. And that was also, for me, that was right when I was first getting into writing about games professionally. So I remember, for instance, um, the Wii launch was the first hardware launch that where i was like legitimately at hardware launch events and stuff like that which was a pretty special um a pretty special moment for me so it's wrapped up in all those sorts of feelings in hindsight i guess my feelings were prior to this hd version um were that it has some of the strongest dungeon design in the series but there's a lot else outside of that which isn't quite um, up to that same standard and I would say definitely not up to the standards of Wind Waker uh, and Green of Time which are two of my two of my overall favourite Zelda games like my favourites are probably Link's Awakening um, Wind Waker, Ocarina of Time and Link to the Past so yeah 
Yeah, and uh, I guess I should mention, I never played the Wii version of this game. I only played the GameCube version, which I don't even remember now, but it came out a little bit later, actually. Um, no, I don't remember. No, it was... Uh, uh, the, yeah, I, mm, I don't know. I think here in Europe, I think it was the same day. Um, but the weird thing is I never played the GameCube one because I got a GameCube copy and then I decided... Um, it would be a travesty to open it because I had this sealed copy of this game that was quite rare. Uh, and so I never touched the GameCube version. So that was one of the nice let, things. Let me let me check on that right now. So the GameCube version in the US came out December 11th, 2006. The Wii version came out uh, November 19th, 2006. Ah, okay. So about a month later. Um, and I think, but, I think what might account for that is that the Wii came out here about a month later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was US first, then Europe than Japan, because it was a, like a weird reversed launch. Right. Um, and I, I know like even this game only came out in Japan uh, on a week later, um, which, you know, in today's day is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, have a Japanese game out in Japan after, the, after Europe and uh, the U.S. But I guess Zelda has always been a little bit of a bigger tell in, uh, in the English countries, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, I I guess I should say with the Zelda series, I, I, most of the titles I like a lot. So whenever I say I like one more than another, it's really nitpicking in a sense, uh, and maybe kind of exaggerating what I may like or dislike about certain titles. Like yeah. Wind Waker, for instance, I'm actually not that big a fan of in comparison. Gas. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like I would say I clearly would say Twilight Princess I enjoyed more, but I still mm-hmm. think both titles are really just they're very comfortable. It's kind of a, a word that I use when you're playing them. They're just, you know, really, really fun to play through. Um really relaxing. Um and they're a little bit different from most RPGs that you're not worrying about like stats or levels or things like that. They're more that like action adventure type genre um yeah and i think i think that's something that's worth addressing in this video as we tend to do on most zelda content i guess is that it isn't it isn't really technically speaking an rpg but we tend to cover it because the sort of spirit of zelda um is very much in line with the rest of the rpg genre and it's the kind of thing that i think i think it's fair to say that most rpg fans are into zelda as well um and I guess this, looking at this HD version in a reviewee impression sort of breaks down two ways. How good is the game and how good is the HD conversion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I guess we were talking briefly before we started recording um, that I actually, when I uh, went home for the holidays just a couple months ago, I actually played through a little bit of the Wind Waker HD because uh, mm-hmm. my, you know, my younger brother got it and he was uh, playing through it. Um, and I actually remembered this from my time with it when it came out a couple of years ago, that the Wind Waker HD had a lot of frame rate issues, uh, especially mm-hmm. on the on the Great Sea, um, when you have a lot of, you know, those ships with their, when they're shooting the, their little uh, cannons and especially like the things like the big octos and... Uh, Events like that really, really yeah. started to uh, that that game chugged pr- really poorly. Like I'm talking like probably 10 frames per second or less. Yeah. Uh, I think Twilight Princess this this version is a little bit better than that in that there aren't any dramatic uh, dips in res- in the frame rate like that. Um, but it's still not perfect, and kind of that's kind of true with a lot of the uh, 
these uh, remade 3D Zelda games. I know Majora's Mask on 3DS had a couple of frame rate dips here and there, and so did Ocarina. Um, but I still think it's pretty solid on that front. The one thing that really stood out to me, um, I actually really am a fan of the art style for Twilight Princess. It's mm -hmm. kind of, it's hard for me to explain it. It's like, it's realistic, uh, at least more realistic than like, um, than, okay, yeah. than Wind Waker, of course, or even Ocarina of Time, but it still remains like, an, there's still enough of a fantasy uh, type of aesthetic to it. Um, but on the original version, there were a lot of muddy textures, especially in like character faces and uh, things like that. And it was kind of uh, ugly in places where I think uh, the HD version, just having that higher resolution, some redone textures on characters and certain models elsewhere, I think really help it to, uh, helps that art style, you know, shine, shine a bit. Um, and I compared it in my review to Wind Waker, which it, Wind Waker, I think it it looks a little bit different than it do, did on GameCube, where oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. And I mean, like, not necessarily. It, it kind of it it. I don't want to say ruined because that's too strong a word, but it kind of took away a little bit of that that cartoony art style. I think that was on the GameCube version when it was converted to Wii U. Uh, well, I think. Like in my review, I don't remember exactly, but in my review of that game way back when, I think what I wrote was something to the effect of they've put in a, a realistic looking art style, uh, not art style, a realistic lighting system rather. But this more realistic lighting system is being applied to this completely unrealistic artistic style. And in, ad, in, in having, you know, realistic lighting on the cell shading, the tune shading, whatever you want to call it, it actually ruins some of the effects of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I was yeah. thinking that for this, they're really when I'm talking about visually speaking, I don't think there's any questionable change that were made. I think everything visually speaking is has been improved, whether it's resolution mm -hmm. or or textures that were added to certain places. So I think um, on that front, uh, actually, this this up conversion, I don't, I don't remember who did the Wind Waker version which studio but i know this was done by um tantalus um they're an australian mm -hmm. studio they were responsible for uh Deus Deus Ex, right? and mass effect those yeah. those uh those wii u ports uh mm -hmm. so uh yeah they, they were they were the primary studio behind this i believe mm -hmm. okay so i guess talking more about the game itself i think it's pretty common sentiment that um twilight princess its major, its main strength are in its dungeon design, um, both, yeah, both aesthetically yeah. uh, and in terms of variety. So you, you have like the fiery uh, Goron mines, you have the the the, the aquatic lake bed temple, the um, you have the goofy uh, the snow peak ruins with the yeah, the, the yeti, um, and it's. Uh, I think. In terms of that, that snow peak dungeon is probably one yeah. of my favorite in the series. And, I think I was just going to say Arbiter's Ground is uh, probably my overall favorite in terms of its. Uh, yeah. Um, I was saying aesthetically, it's is uh, one of the strengths, but also just structurally how these how these dungeons are laid out and how they're mapped, especially in the back half of the game, once once you're kind of past mm -hmm. you know the 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 warm up stages. Uh, I think they just do a lot of things like the Arbiter's Ground specifically. There are a couple of rooms that are more like combat arenas. There's a good mix of puzzles using. Uh, human Link's, you know, normal arsenal of items, and also kind of using the abilities of the Wolf Link. Uh, 
uh, you know, his, uh, the digging and the sensing and all that. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, I, I, and that, that, that dungeon also, I think has one of the most, uh, unique, uh, and impressive boss fights at the end, um, which I'll talk a little bit more about those later, I guess. Um, I think, for for my money, my only real criticisms of the game when it comes to its dungeon design and things like that is that I think uh, I think Wolf Link is pretty boring to play as after a bit because he, uh, over the course of the game he doesn't really right. he, change. He only, Wolf Wolf um, Link only has like two separate attacks that are barely distinguishable yeah. in the first place, uh, and then that's that that's basically yeah. that, and then he has like a charge attack, and that's basically it. <laughs> Yeah, and there's, that would be a criticism. And the other one would be, I think the game sort of cops out um, towards the very end when it gives you what is essentially an upgraded version of a previous weapon as the weapon, well, as the item for that dungeon. You get the jewel, claw, uh, hook shot or claw shots or whatever you want to call them. And, and that, I think, for me, underlines one of the problems I have with uh, with Twilight Princess in general. And Wind Waker has this problem as well a little bit compared to Ocarina of Time where if you think about the hook shots there is a second upgraded hook shot in Ocarina of Time but it is an upgrade item that you get um, in, a, in a place that isn't a main dungeon and actually you can finish the game without the long shot I think I think, I think I you can remember. in the original um, version with Ocarina of Time I, I, I'm so used to the, the Master Quest version now and I'm pretty sure you can't in that version yeah, that, that that probably makes sense. But but yeah, I mean like it, it, it speaks volumes, I think, that that in, in Ocarina, because that's an upgrade, it just is an item off to the side, and in, in Twilight Princess it is a core dungeon item. Which I guess you could say that in fairness, I guess you could before somebody says it in the comments, I guess you could say that about the mirror shield too. But it's something where it, it, it I, whenever I get to that dungeon in Twilight Princess, I always think it's a bit of a cop out. Um, I do think the dual claw shot does have some, it does add some interesting puzzle and traversal element to that dungeon, which is City in the Sky. Kind of adds, it kind of adds a level mm-hmm. of verticality where you're not just looking, you know, left and right, but you're trying to figure out how to navigate. I know there are a couple of rooms where you have to kind of figure out how to go up or down through these various mazes. That's probably the most maze-like dungeon in this game. Um, so I think it does some cool things there, probably more so than the long shot does, which is just literally hit targets from farther away um but i do see where you're coming from so i'm i'm not as far in i'm about halfway into this um but you obviously because you've reviewed it you finished it so uh, in terms of changes um what's what's different in this version in real terms i know they rebalanced some of the well early on there aren't that many changes like i know with wind waker the the uh, Triforce hunting was changed quite a bit, and it actually like re re uh, it kind of moved around a bunch of the collectible items, like different treasure charts and heart pieces were moved to kind of accommodate for that um, in different puzzles along the sea. Mm-hmm. Here, early on in the game, when you have to collect those those tears of light, which was that w- those were kind of always criticized, uh, annoying like fetch quests, you know. They slow down the pace. You have to search for these bugs while you're playing as the wolf, and it's not necessarily. Yeah, yeah stuff so is, yeah. Um, they lower the amount of those. They instead of having to get like 16 of them, you only have to get 12 in each of those three areas. Mm-hmm. Now that that doesn't change it really that much. You know, you remove one, but it or two, and it, but it, you're still having to like scour across the whole area to find all 12 of them. 
but there are a couple of other things they change. I know one small thing that really confused people when the game first came out. Right, basically, right at the onset of the game, you have to catch a fish uh, in the village. Mm -hmm. I know in the original game, for un some unexplained reason, you have to ca you had to catch two of them. And I know that kind of confused people because they'd catch a fish and nothing would happen, and then they kind of just left, and then they couldn't figure out what to do. So they had to go. They, they mm -hmm. realized that oh, you have to catch another one for some reason. So in this version, you only have to catch one. It's just a, it's just a small <laughs> thing. Um, and then I don't know if they ever, anything else was really changed in terms of like the game pace. Uh, I, I want to say I'm so frustrated. By the way, speaking of the opening segment, that they didn't do anything to that excruciatingly painful slow opening. Yeah, I actually, I actually, um, I, actually I don't know what they I could have done. It. Um, this doesn't really bother me that much, but I certainly acknowledge it. It takes about it took me just slightly under two hours to get to the first dungeon, which Jesus compared to Jesus. like Ocarina of Time, you're there in like ten minutes. Um, so it, it, it's more that there's so much talking, and that's one of the aspects of this one of the aspects of this game that that has aged more poorly. It's like. You know, um, regardless of what your opinion is on if Zelda should have it or not, no voice acting. These characters sort of, when they speak to you, they 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 lock into one loop of one five second animation over and over again until you press yeah. A. And unfortunately, um, my memory isn't that clear, but I know like Skyward Sword, which came after this, of course, kind of just, it, it, if anything, it made the, it it didn't improve on that at all. You know, there's even more talking. Well, than... I think Skyward Sword is is. It it goes both ways because there is still that and the talk and a lot of the talking is still formatted like that, but it also has the best yeah, actual better presentation in general. Yeah. Directed, yeah, the best directed cutscenes in the series. Like at the start of that game, they have some lovely interactions between Link and Zelda um, that sort of you know hinted a romantic relationship and that sort of stuff that just hasn't existed in any Zelda before. So that's just nice, but. That game, yeah. We'll talk about that game in another time, <laughs> yeah, I guess. They but do an HD version of that. I, I just, I wish they'd done a bit more. I do think it looks better. I think a lot of the texture replacements are a huge, huge improvement. I don't think this art style ages as well, even with all the texture replacements, than Wind Waker's does. I agree. Wind Waker's is just so incredibly unique, and it's kind of funny in hindsight how that was first, you know, uh, you know, received compared to now how it's it's become like its yeah. own secondary art style to Zelda uh mostly in the handheld space but but still still but shows I, up in I, I Smash Brothers and all that. <laughs> yeah, I I think in a in a sense you and I are fundamentally opposed to disagree on this game in that I would definitely call it the worst of the 3D Zeldas and I would say this is the best version of it, but it is still the worst of the 3D Zelda's, whereas I, I, I gather that you are a whole lot more fond I think of it than I am. If I, I, first of all, I, and I, this isn't unique to me in any sense, but I kind of I kind of separate my thoughts of the 3D Zelda's compared to the 2D Zelda's, because the games are just, despite being the same series, are just so different uh, in how they're structured um, in the dungeons and the puzzles and things like that. Um, but out of the 3D Zelda games, this would probably be my second favorite uh, i probably would put majora's mask wow. ahead of it it just can't it can't compete with um the tone and the uh the style that that brought to the table but yeah i'd probably put this second ahead of ocarina and wind waker yep wow <laughs> ahead of ocarina well, well that's fair but you know so but like like i said so earlier, in terms of the club, i'm nicking it I, I i really enjoy all these games but yeah um 
so I just I, I want to ask you about the frame rate. So you, we mentioned earlier that the, the Wind Waker HD had some problems. Um, I've seen some stuff in this, but you would say on the whole it, it, it's a lot better and it suffers yes. a lot less. I mean, I think the only time I noticed it was like I know there's the one area of the Hyrule Field, the larger area where you have some of those goblins on the on the boars that right after you. That mm-hmm. was the area where I noticed it most, and I think there might have been one of the bosses, the boss in the the Snow Peak ruins, where it slowed down a little bit too. But otherwise, it seemed to be more stable um, than what I remember of Wind Waker. And like I said, I only pl- I played that not too long ago with my younger brother, and I kind of remembered how choppy that got on the Great Sea at times. So I, th- I don't think it's not great, but it, I think it's it's doable. <laughs> um, Cool. And so you would say, though, I guess that you think this is the best version oh, of the game at this point? Oh, I think it definitely point. is. Um, a couple of things. First of all, in terms of other changes, the only other things they added are kind of small collectible things. They added stamps, um, which really the only, the only ah, thing yes. that does is in the original game, there were lots of uh, hidden um, caves and, and other chests that really just resulted in rupees. Uh, or bombs, or you know, just kind of small things. Where this mm-hmm. time they just kind of replace them with stamps, so it's it, they don't really do anything other than you can use them in Meavers. But it, it's mm. a little bit of a collector incentive, I guess. And then uh, they added an item to help get the the ghost souls, um, the Po lantern. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it only marginally helps. What ha- what you basically you just pull the lantern out and it as a, as uh, as human link. And it'll it'll tell you if there's a Poe like in that area, like on that. I don't know if it's in that in that screen that you loaded or whatever, but it uh, it helps a little, okay. I guess. But otherwise, that's it. Now, I, I want to talk about the one thing about this game that's always kind of annoyed me, and I never. It, it's my one major criticism of the game. Mm-hmm. Most of the bosses in the, like the dungeons are really, really, really lame, um, and they're just they're almost the wording I use in my review is in probably the, I think is the best word to use is they're almost kind of pathetic. Um, I remember like, for example, the Armagoma, which is the boss of the, uh, forest temple of time. Um, Oh, okay. oh yes. Yes. He's, basic, oh, yes. He's, he's basically a giant tarantula and it's imposing and he, he, he looks cool and he's kind of a callback to, you know, Ocarina of time, of course. Yeah. But then you just like shoot a couple of arrows at him and then you hit him with the dominion rod and it, literally like impossible to miss and you just do that like three times and you're done in like in like three minutes four minutes and it's that's just one example i i think the boss of city in the sky is a fire breathing dragon and you and you use the dual boss shots to beat him but it's just so kind of mundane you basically just claw your way up and to defeat him and it's not just those two bosses it's just kind of a lot of the bosses are just kind of boring and i unfortunately when i think of Sorry. When I think of the bosses, when I think of the bosses in this game, I think that they look really cool. There's a lot of spectacle. Like the, my first four would be the um, the city in the sky one, where it looks awesome, or the one um, where you're on, you know, the, the 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 spinning disc and you're going around. Yeah, looks really awesome, but actually, there's no challenge to it whatsoever. Right. Yeah, and it's unfortunately the hero mode, which is actually I, I should have mentioned that hero mode does I think help uh I, I think it does improve the game even more early on um zelda games are never really known for their difficulty but um no. early on you only have you know three or four hearts 
uh, and not any, you know, bottles that you can, you know, pack away fairies in. It does, it does make it so you actually have to be a little bit more careful in how you uh, do things. But, um, yeah. But even by the, by the time you're getting to the, these later game bosses, you know, it really makes no difference whatsoever. It doesn't yeah, matter. It, yeah. Especially if you have like four fairies <laughs> packed away in bottles, you know, it's, it doesn't it doesn't change anything effectively. So yeah, that's that's my one criticism of the game. I they could even give these guys a little bit more health, and you know that would be something. And it's not really changing much, but it, that's just the one thing that I wish was better mainly. And did you, you, you might not have, um, but did you use any of the Amiibos? I, I, I actually had not added. owned any of the Amiibos up to this point when I got the game and get the Wolf Link one because it comes with it. Um, but uh, right. that, I guess, unlocks a, a challenge dungeon which you can play as the Wolf. But I didn't, really, I didn't mm-hmm. do that because it seems kind of pointless. Uh, but That's what I've heard. That, and obviously then you can use um, the Smash Brothers yeah. series once which i have used a little bit of that just I, I, to check it out and it is literally just it refills your hearts it refills your arrows yeah, I know, or whatever i, I know and, um like for instance one of my favorite parts of the game and a lot of the more recent zelda games have this anyway uh or something similar to this is the cave of ordeals which is basically like a 50 kind of a 50 room combat yeah. challenge arena um which you know it's not really necessarily difficult but it's still the most difficult part of the game uh, and you have to be a yeah. little bit careful with your items and things as you go in. Um, and I know the the Wolf Link Amiibo basically is another one of those. Only your or something. It's similar to that. Only your only you have to use the Wolf Link form. That just didn't sound that interesting to me, um, especially because your reward for that is kind of pointless. It's a it's literally a, a rupee bag that holds ten thousand rupees or nine thousand nine hundred whatever. Um, but you, you, but you, know, never you don't spend. you never need that. So it's. That was kind of, that's also one thing in the original games. You always get way more rupees than you ever need. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, that's one of my hopes for the new game, that maybe they can make money yeah, have some meaning. Improve, improve because that economy I feel like for bit. a long time. Um, yeah, I know uh, uh, Skyward Sword added those uh, like a couple of like crafting items. Um, and... and they had things like shield durability yeah. as well. But even so, eh, they still... Um, it, it's Money's still largely meaningless, so hopefully that's something they can fix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, the, uh, so- just one last thing on the Amiibos. I know uh, the Ganondorf one. I'm pretty sure I never, I didn't do this because I don't actually have it, but I'm pretty sure it basically doubles damage taken even on top of hero mode. Yes. So if you want the highest level of challenge, you would use that um, as well. Um, so that's an option. Yeah, that that is correct. That's exactly what that does. But. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It feels like it feels like a solid port um, for me. I I I was reminded that perhaps when removed for me at least, when removed from the excitement of a console launch um, and the excitement of there not being a Zelda game for such a long time, it, it, it isn't quite as good as I remember. But damn, some of that dungeon design is amazing. Um, and some of the weapons and stuff, like little things like, you know, the difference between the normal boomerang and the gale boomerang in this um, is significant enough to matter. And it makes the most interesting boomerang in the series. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of small things about the game that I like. I guess one thing, like uh, some, a lot of people, uh, you know, might criticize the pacing. Like, for instance, um, you have to go through the Lost Woods twice. Um, 
which is kind of yeah. feels like it's padding, which it really it is padding. You just you do it once, and then you just kind of have to do the whole thing over again um, a little bit later. Um, but things like that, it's kind of like yes, I see it as a problem. But it doesn't really bother me, so it's it's yeah. But there are also things like with the story that I like. Uh, I know Zelda games they're they're well at least they haven't been that story focused. Although it might be with Skyward Sword, maybe more so now. Um, but um, there's just a couple of uh, characters and scenes and Midna especially. I think um, just to have they add a little bit of that emotional core. I think. Um, that makes uh, in, uh, that adds a little bit to the narrative that I think um, really resonates with me, um, but not not too much to be overbearing. I think, like I think Skyward Sword, I think there's just a little bit too much in terms of its cutscenes and yeah. its dialogue. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's weird because if you split, if you if you were to, to to if you were to pull Skyward Sword back a little bit and focus on the bits that really work, uh, focus on what's his name, yeah. Bruce. <laughs> Um, and and like I love the uh, spoilers. I love the dynamic of the the, the two different versions yep. of Impa yep. you see and things like that. Um, and then get rid of a lot of the other extraneous stuff. It would be a better game. But unfortunately, it's just so yeah. talky. Um, in fact, it made me really nervous because I saw an interview. Um, I think it was a Japanese magazine interview or something like that, or maybe it was Game Informer um, with. Um, Anuma about Zelda and he was talking about how he's he's at the same stretch now in the new game that he was in with Twilight Princess um, when they started doing press around that which was that he was editing a lot of the script and when I read that I was like oh no mean, don't be the same. Did you mean Twilight we'll Princess or Skyward Sword? And no he was saying like because it was Twilight an interview Princess, to okay. promote Twilight Princess and they asked him about the new game I think and he said um, oh well I'm in the same stage for that now that I was in when we first started talking to media about Twilight Princess yeah. all those years ago um, and he said it was the script, the script stage of tweaking all yeah. the writing and all that so well, I hope well, that oh, new God, game that, you know it's, it seems it starting with A Link Between Worlds which I know is different enough in itself they basically seem like they're trying to mix things up with the formula a little bit and this time of course they're going for that whole open world uh, idea and maybe a little bit less uh, separated into distinct dungeons. We, we don't really know anything yet, but um, I'm very curious as to how that will will manifest yeah. itself. I, I'm, uh, kind of, I'm kind of imagining you know, like well, Assassin's Creed Zelda, and I don't know what I think about that. Uh, <laughs> well, one of the things that had me thinking about Zelda wit- recently, of all things, was The Witness, because um, in that game, the way that you the way that you solve puzzles. And then it, it it has impacts in other areas of the island. But the island is this one relatively small enclosed space. But then it starts to feel huge because underground there's mountains you climb. Reminds me a lot of an old Zelda game, except instead of discrete dungeons, although there kind of are discrete dungeons in a weird way in that game. It, it, the whole island itself is a puzzle, and I would I would love a Zelda game where the whole world is a puzzle in a sense. Um, I I, th- I think I, know, that I guess something we'll they mentioned like right in one of their earliest interviews was trying to have some, and Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword had a tiny tiny bit of this, but having some of that you know, how do I put this? They had some of that dungeon design outside of the dungeons, like puzzles and figuring out how to unlock paths and um, 
you know, how to unlock new areas. Almost, I don't want to, I'm going to regret saying this, almost like Metroid, where, you know, it's maybe something that's locked off originally, but you can get to it later when you have some ability or item. Um, so I know, I think that's one thing they said they wanted to do, was try to take some of those dungeon elements outside of the dungeons and put them into the world at large. But, you know, at this point, it's all just kind of speculation and imagination on what they're going to do with that. So s still supposedly coming out this year. Uh, <laughs> we will see. I guess we'll hopefully learn more at E3. But so I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's much else to 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 say in, in terms of Twilight. It's kind Princess of a it's HD. kind of a known quantity, and the HD version uh, um, and improves on you know a couple of the you know the 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 more minimal things that are easily improved. But you know, if you weren't really a fan of of some of the structural things, of uh, some of the design things. Um, you know, this is really, is, it's the same game, so it's not going to change your mind. Um, but I do think mm -hmm. it is the best version of the game, and I, don't, I think that's, you said that as well, and that's not really, I don't think that's, that's not too questionable. But yeah, it's, it's still Twilight Princess, so that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and I think in that sense, you know, you know what you're getting, and you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I, I I hate the early parts of that game, but then, damn, when it gets going, it's I, I, I would agree so. that the second half of the game is better than the first. Like once you have, once you once you don't have to worry about the uh, the, the those those tiers of light, you can warp everywhere. Um, like start the arbitrary ground, you're basically just going mostly from dungeon to dungeon, and there's a little bit of slowdown near the end though. Um, but I think the second half of the game is probably a stronger half due to its pacing. Um, mm -hmm. Well, you know, I guess we'll, um, I, I, I guess, you know, there's a review yep. on the site, so they can go and read your full verdict, um, safe in the knowledge that mine would probably be a little bit harsh, yeah. um, just because I, I, but then again, you, the situation would probably be reversed if you went and read my Wind Waker review. Um, and I guess we live in hope about the new game. I've got really high hopes for a Zelda that I can really fall hardcore in love with yeah. again. So I'm crossing my fingers there. Yep. Well, I don't. I think that kind of wraps up everything you wanted to say about this. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's really important to mention, but I don't think so. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening and watching. Yeah, thank uh, you. You can visit us at rpgsite.net or on Twitter at twitter.com/rpgsite, and uh, we'll see you for the next video. Great. All right. So now that the audio is done with, um, anybody here have any questions for Adam? Now, Adam's uh, the one who has been playing Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD. And so do you guys have anything you want to ask him? Adam, is it yes. pretty on Wii U? Like, what do you think about like this big transition from like the, the GameCube version, I believe, of Twilight Princess, not to the Wii U? Like, how, how big of a step up was it well, getting into there? Yeah, well, well, like I said in the recording, which I know you haven't heard yet, even though it's on the podcast right here, uh, the uh, um, when Wind Waker was transitioned to HD, um, it was kind of awkward in some in some respects because they they changed up the lighting dramatically, and that kind of in some places clashed with the the cel shaded art style. So it was there was an argument whether or not it actually even looked better, even though they had enhanced it in various places because of how they implemented those things. Whereas Twilight Princess, I actually I actually love its art style, but it's the fact that it's not quite so cartoony and not quite so unique. I think the the improved resolution and the added textures and things like that are are much more 
definitely uh, an upgrade in this case. Everything is clearer. Um, there's less money textures uh, around. And the game runs well also. It probably actually runs better than Wind Waker does or Wind oh, Waker okay. HD does, um, which had some frame rate issues. Um, right. So as an upgrade, uh, I think it basically improves it in every way. Um, Were so, you able to try out that new dungeon for Wolf, the Wolf Link Amiibo? I, I did not. Um, supposedly, it's like the... There's a dungeon included in the game uh, called Cave of Ordeals, which is kind of like the... It's like the challenge dungeon, if you will. Okay. Whereas the new dungeon is basically like another one of those, only it's, it's limited to you have to play as the Wolf Link. Um, I, I didn't do it really just because of first of all time and second of all the, 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 the reward for it isn't really much so I didn't are there I any are there any like big quality of life changes they've added into this like how they did with uh, Majora's Mask with the, and the uh, uh, not, part of that the 3DS not nearly as many there are a few things they did to kind of speed up the pace in the early game a little bit for example, um, you, ha you, you, uh, you don't have to collect as many of the Tears of Light um, mm -hmm. early on. You only have to collect 12 instead of 16. But that doesn't really change it that much. Like I, I'm guessing it really only shaves off like maybe five minutes per collection quest, if that. So it's, it's not really a... Otherwise, there aren't really that many changes in the game that are really for quality of life. You, there's like new collectibles and things, but that's about it. Well, what do those uh, new collectibles like? Okay, so what it is is... to the game. In the original game, there are, just like in most 3 Zelda games, there are lots of hidden chests and various caves and puzzles around the world and things like that. In the original game, a lot of those just led to, like, rupees or, like, bombs. Something not really, uh, you know, they're not really that interesting or useful. So what they did was a lot of those now have been replaced with Miiverse stamps. So oh, they have... Okay. They're, they're kind of like line stickers, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with those. Or you, ha you can, like, you get a little icon of, like, Zelda or, or Link or Midna. Right. Uh, and so there's, there's now 50 of those to collect. And that's, they don't actually do anything in the game. But it it's kind of just adds a little, like, collect-a-thon um, element to it. Where it's, it, now there's a little bit of a, uh, an impetus to expl explore the world and open all those chests rather than just getting a bunch of rupees that you don't really have use for. Mm -hmm. um, but doesn't really change the game. Okay. Nice. Thank you. All right. Great. Any other questions? Everyone's okay. How'd you like Midna? Midna is one of the, if maybe, maybe even the best Zelda character. Period. So. Yeah. I like that answer. Tall order. Nice. I like yeah. that answer. Not that there's a lot of competition. Just kidding. I mean, not like uh, Midna. Midna's great. <laughs> yeah. Midna's Linkle great. man. Yeah. Sheik. It's pretty great. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So um, once again, you guys can check up on the video of Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD on our YouTube channel. There's also, of course, a review up on the site that you can uh, read Adam's thoughts about the game. He gave it a high score. Um, I'm right there with him. I love that game, and so I'm excited to play it myself. Uh, I haven't yet started it, but I'll be looking forward to it. And so now, um, moving on. We've got Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. Now, once again, we do have a video review. Darren McPhail was kind enough to do a video review of that game. So you can find that on our YouTube channel. And so, um, but we've got David here who's actually been playing the game. David, what are your thoughts about that game so far? How, how much have you played of it so far, in fact? Uh, I beat it on oh, hard good. mode. Good. And I loved it. It was, it, uh, uh, geez. 
trying to think, trying to, trying to gather my thoughts. Here, let me let me try to get you started. So I am not a big Digimon fan. I watched like a little bit of the original anime. That's um, what I did. I had I had zero experience with this oh, series before oh, okay. that. Okay, interesting. Part. I had a. Here, here's my experience with Digimon before playing the game. I saw a commercial once of the, for the show. There, <laughs> so, yeah. Did you watch I, the opening video for that show at, all, I, at any time? I, I know the opening has, like, Digimon, Digital Monsters, and that's all I know. That's yeah, the only so, lyrics I know. That's, all, that's all you need to know. That's pretty much all you need to know, yes. Okay. So, uh, it... Like, it, it's, it's got a very Persona-esque style, I think. I mean, maybe maybe all the other games are like that. I, I don't know. Well, oh, really? I, 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 have, I have heard people comparing it to things like SMT or Persona, largely due to the fact yeah. that you're you're collecting monsters and you're training them. And is there even like a fusion element, or did I make that up? No, there. What there is, there's digi, yeah, digi evolution, which is it. It's like it works more like Pokemon evolution, but it's kind of weird because you can then like. D digivolve them and it like increases their ability points. There's just like a lot of stats going on and a lot of min maxing and all that nonsense. And it's it's really cool. It's uh it Okay. It it does remind me a lot of Shin Megami Tensei a bit. Like Nocturne not Nocturne all of them really, but yeah, what were you going to say, Adam? Uh, I lied a little bit. I did play some of Digimon World 2 when I was like really young, like middle it's school. It's a good game. Yeah, it's a good game. even though I didn't really, it's like someone gifted it to me, so I wouldn't have played it otherwise. But I think what you're saying, I know in that game, and um, if, if, if anything carried over over all these years, I know like you'd train up a Digimon, yeah. and then like in order to have them actually get stronger, you'd have to basically power them down to like a new form. And so their yeah. stats, their stats would be higher, but their level would be lower, and then you can train them up again, but they'd be like a new type of Digimon with higher stats or something. Yeah, like that's that. that's what happens here. But I I do know I do know that like the other Digimon games are not like this. They don't yeah. have. Uh, not really. Yeah, there's a reason why they didn't call it Digimon World, right? Yeah, because this so. this is a straight up turn-based RPG. It's it like it it does remind me of of uh, SMT a lot because I'm the, I'm the, it. Oh, my bad. Finish your thought. Finish your no, thought. you can you can say. <laughs> uh, on, the, on, the, on the on the fusion tidbit, like I I think I I heard you say that like there was no fusion. Isn't there like, wouldn't that be weird? Because like I know on like I think season two of Digimon there is this thing called DNA Digivolution where like you can choose. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, DNA so, Digivolution. There there is fusion like that, but it's only with like like three different Digimon. There's not really. Okay. It, it, it's not it's not a main. A main mechanic, like it's, in it's Persona, like, it's like unique or... to some, uh, very few. Yeah, there's like, okay. there's like a Mega Garumon, and I can't remember the other one. And Garumon? what? Mega Greymon? Nah. Yeah, yeah, something black, gray, <laughs> gray, gray boys. I don't know. This is like, yeah. gray boys. That's a gray name. boys. The black gray boys. My I there's digital. a lot, lot of names I that I had trouble remembering. And uh, here's a thing that like. So, uh, oh, geez, there's so there's so much about this game. There's, there's how are like, the how are the dungeons? Like, are they randomly generated? Are they actually well designed? Or... No, they're they're not randomly generated. Uh, they're they're pretty well designed. I mean, they're not they're not amazing. They're they're well, they're they're not well. Uh, basically, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say they're kind of linear, but not entirely. 
okay. I, I, just, I, I, I just, I just literally didn't know if it was like Persona three or four, where it's just kind of like floors. Or oh no, no, no. Well, yes, there's, there's one, uh, one section that's that has a total of five floors, but most of the game, like most of the dungeons, are outside of that point. It would be like, if I was to compare it to Persona three, like you know how like there's like story dungeons and then there's turtle, the. What the fuck was that thing called? Tartarus? Tantalus? That's Tartarus. That's Tartarus. That's, that's I was close. I'm not, I'm not yes. sure what you're talking about, because that's like the only dungeon, right? Yeah, no. No, oh, in that's... Persona 3, there's, uh, there's like the story dungeons that happen once a month, like on the full moon, I think. Wasn't it? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, a... oh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, there were some things like they were on the train and stuff. Okay, they weren't yeah. always in Tartarus. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I mean by like story dungeons. Okay. Uh, it, it, that's that's what it'd be like. Like most of the game is more is closer to that than like uh, than just Tartarus because there, there's only five floors. It, it's this place called Kowloon or Kowloon, which was apparently a mistranslation that that uh, Namco fucked up. But I don't know. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but jeez, uh, there's there's so much about this game. Like the side quests, is, uh, there's like a so so you're a detective and you're at this detective agency. And you you do like like a bunch of these like quests like some of them are like like fetch quests and you use it to like get your sleuth points up. There's just what are so much. There's, okay, yeah, so, there's just so much to go over. So based what, on what are sleuth points? Based on the game's title, I imagine there's some sort of like mystery element. Like you're yes, you're investigating, is. you're solving yeah. something, right? Yeah. Um. It it's very it's very uh like. God, I don't even know how to describe it. it I, I want to say it's like Persona esque. It's like Shin Megami Tensei Raidu. It's. I would there you say go. that's a good comparison. I would say. I would say Persona Persona's presentation and style and Shin Megami Tensei's combat. But okay, so what? you said you were playing on hard mode, right? You've completed on hard mode. Yes. Which okay, apparently so I, hard mode yeah. was new. Sorry to interrupt. It's. I know the hard mode was added to the English release, and then it was. It was. It's now. It's available in Japan as DLC, which is just added now. Yeah, so and it is terribly balanced. It is cheap as hell. <laughs> They're like, it. It is, like, first of all, normal mode is easy. Is like super easy, and hard mode is like. It. It would be. I. I'd compare it more to lunatic mode in Fire Emblem than a hard mode. Can you something. switch? Can you switch whenever? Or is it like you're locked? Yes, in? you can. So you can switch whenever. You can. Okay. There was one boss. I had to turn it down to normal. It was. It was impossible. But uh, <laughs> are there any bonuses to playing hard mode? I know some games you get like more money or something, or is it just for the challenge? You know, I'm not actually sure. I was just doing it for the challenge because normal mode was way too easy. But then some yeah. of the bosses were just nonsense on hard mode, like, like just not fair. Like well, the, 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 one, the one thing I like about game, I, I I haven't played this game, but one thing I I like about games like this where you have basically full control of your party is yeah. that you kind of have to configure and coordinate your team members, and there's a, a quite a large variety of different types of teams you can create. So sometimes you might have a team put together that like works really well for like maybe two dungeons in a row, but then you get to like a boss where it's just like a mismatch, and it, you just need... Sometimes you need to spend some time maybe just kind of getting another team member in there. Or oh, another, yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it, so, and that's, that's a I, lot... I, I, I kind of like it when games do that rather than just, yeah. oh, I, I need to get more levels or stats, you know, so... Yeah, that's why that's close to the game because it, it's like system, a right? what? There's this whole attribute weakness system in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like there's like a weapon triangle, like kind of in Fire Emblem with like data Digimon, uh, 
and I already forgot the other two types. But data, data virus, and vaccine. I don't know how. Yes. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, <laughs> what, like, that's yeah. what it is. Data virus and vaccine. But uh, like the thing with a lot of the bosses is on hard mode. Well, first of all, the combat is is just, think Final Fantasy X. It's got the the yeah. whole uh, CTB the 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 turn order on the right side, which shows who who's going when. And like with on hard mode, a lot of the bosses they'll get like seven turns in a row, and it's just what? it's just bullshit. That is annoying. So so what you have to do is well okay so each Digimon has like a special ability, and uh, one like Old Force Vidramon that's the one you want you got to use or Arrow Vidramon lets you uh, lets you act first, and that's pretty much like a requirement for the later game because. Like on hard mode, it's just they're they're attacking like eight times in a row. It's bullshit. So I got I got a important question on that. Is there is there a boss that casts a spell that gives them more turns? <laughs> oh well, that's another thing. All they're doing, like some bosses are just buffing nonstop. They're just increasing <laughs> their speed like fifty percent, and then and then bam, they get three extra turns added onto that seven. Oh, that sounds, a lot, that sounds a lot like SMT. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's SMT, good. and it's very not fair. But I, but I ended, I ended up like beating all the special bosses. I don't know how I did it because a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with luck and them just, like the bosses just deciding not to do a move that kills everyone in one hit. I think there's a lot, there's there's a lot of times when you have a boss that has like an overpowered move, and like if they were to use it like every turn, there's no way you can win. But for some reason, they don't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of luck involved, and the, the good the good part is that because I uh, I did all the extra stuff, the final boss even on hard mode was easy as hell. Okay. So, yeah, and like like there's this there's this really easy way to grind and stuff. It's just it's just a really deep game. It's got a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. And Who's your uh, favorite Digimon now. Oh god. Randomon. Well, beforehand I didn't know a, sh- a single Digimon, so Not a Randomon I- fan. What, what come on. Oh god, maybe uh Lilith. I think Lilithmon probably. Lilithmon. Okay. Lilithmon was Not she's Angelmon. And in, in terms Lilithmon. of like in terms of just power, she's got this attack that's like triple dark damage and like it one hit killed some things that just were killing me like like bullshit beforehand that sounds like a very fun game to have yeah to sure. I, I need to go start it there, there's also like this farm element right that you store all these digimon yes, in. yes. That's, that's another thing that's digimon. how you can like increase base stats and stuff and uh get them to like you more there, there's just like this whole system with uh I mean, it's it's very Pokemon esque, but I know I know this is stuff that's been with Digimon before, with the uh, with the uh, uh, what the hell's the word like um, the uh, liking things, affection, like a, affection points, yeah, before. social links, yeah, uh, yeah. There's like <laughs> social links, kind of. And Wait. so it's important to know, David, of course, that you're once again you're completely new to the Digimon series, pretty much, yeah. and so this is your first experience, really. Uh, playing yeah, this awesome. series and so uh, it sounds great that something like this can sound so approachable and that's kind of the feeling i got from other people who played the original japanese release they were talking about how yeah I had absolute no interest in digimon and then their friends uh let them know about the quality of the game and they got into it and so you yeah, know it's incredibly accessible but i will say one thing sometimes like uh so a function so there's this function called the digiline which is basically where like a bunch of people text you 
and sometimes the Digimon in the farms text you as well, and they'll like oh my ask, God. yeah, they're they're like they're like, hey, want to be bros and shit like that, and they'll like say stuff like that, and uh, Digimon talk. It's not like Pokemon where they don't talk. Yeah, just important. yeah, no, yeah, they they talk, and they'll ask you like trivia questions, <laughs> like stuff that only Digimon fans would know. I knew none of this. That's so. awesome. That's I would uh, I would love that. So Did that's that's where it's not too? accessible, the the trivia questions, <laughs> but you don't get anything out of it though, it, so it doesn't matter. It sounds like a good like fun bit of fan service. Yeah, it's, yeah, and oh. but yeah, it's a it's a great game. It's it's a great great game to tide you over until Persona Five hits, or right. and stuff. Yeah, like I I think it's it's gonna be in my top ten for the year. I think. Awesome. Can't oh. wait to hear more about that. Um, so once again, you guys can check up on the video up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RPG site net. Uh, thanks a lot, David, for letting us know about Digimon Stories Cyber Sleuth. I yeah. look forward to playing it myself. I feel kind of ashamed to be such a huge Digimon fan and yet have not touched that game yet. So it's good to hear that you've been liking it so much. All right, great. So um, with that, We'll now move into news. Now, there's been a lot Wait. of news. We seem to say this like Ouch. every other week, that there's a Ouch. lot of news. Oh, sorry. I forgot. First <laughs> off, Josh, sorry, I, I, I'm too busy looking at the news and not realizing, hey. I mean, I mean we could always. We could over always that. Just no, we won't. We won't move on to it. All right. So, Josh, <laughs> you want to talk to us about some Gundam Breaker 3. Now, you played a little bit of that the other day. Um, what's your thoughts on that game so far? Okay, so I I want to ca call to attention that while Gundam Breaker 3 isn't necessarily an RPG, it definitely has a lot of RPG elements to it. It's uh, basically a ha hack and slash game, but it has, you know, raising up stats, leveling up abilities, uh, how going out in a party either with friends or NPCs to tackle a common threat. Um, and with an English release coming out la later in April, I believe, as of this recording, um, it's 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 a big uh, for Gundam fans everywhere, and just uh, if you've been looking for a mecha game in general, uh, because none of those have really come out recently, it's a good it's a good place to start because Gundam Breaker Three is all about freedom of customization. It revolves around you know uh, building uh, things called Gunplas, which are Gundam plastic model kits, and what a lot of builders like to do is taking parts from different Gundams and other robots and like putting them together to make their own thing, uh, and that's known as kit bashing. So in Can this I game, ask something? yeah, go for it. Okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with Gundam, but not that much. So I kind of see right. all these Gundam games coming out, but they kind of all blend together for me. So mm -hmm. like, I didn't even realize. I don't even know. Like, is this game like new? Like, did it, did it just come out yes, in Japan? Yes, it, ju it just came out. Um, and it's like a PS4 game. PS4 and Vita. Okay. Yeah. So the and like, thing and, about and these what games... and what is the break oh. and the Breaker series? Like you said, like I don't I don't know what the Breaker series offhand, but based on what you said, it's more like kind of like action adventure RPG kind of. It's a it's more of a hack and slash stage by stage, not necessarily like a, a big open world adventure game. It definitely has like a, a linear progression in terms of like stage to stage uh, type of thing, and the uh, and the core gameplay of it is kind of like Dynasty Warriors esque with hack and slashing, but the freedom they give uh they give to you is like unlike any other it's like kind of unparalleled with like the amount of freedom uh, and options they give you because there there's some because you don't need to be a Gundam fan or no Gundam in general to really get at the game if you just like giant robots uh, in general beating each other up to, you're going to have a lot of fun with this game that sounds fun uh, yeah <laughs> everyone loves giant robots yeah beating each other up that's perfect 
Yeah. Uh, obviously, um, a lot of people might be more familiar with like the Gundam Versus series, which is more like an arena yeah. uh, combat game. Mm-hmm. So, what is Gundam Breaker? Is it is it more like a Dynasty Warriors game? Is that kind of where it it's, differentiates? It's more like a Dynasty Warriors game because uh, the Gundam Extreme Versus series is more about two v two, more akin to a fighting game. Uh, type of arena style, so there's like no really no customization. It's like you pick a, a robot in there, your partner picks a robot, and then you duke it out of uh, this other two-man team and, and trying to you know win over the other, getting their HP down and whatnot. This one's more cooperative. Uh, there's not really a PvP element in this game. Uh, so the core of this game essentially is you gather parts, you break off parts, literally break off parts in combat, and then you can there's a when parts break off, there's a chance that that you might get that part as part of your inventory. And if you break enough parts, like say if you break off the legs, there's a there's a chance to like instant kill the opponent, just like stab like your melee weapon into the robot to instantly kill them. So so rather than just attacking mindlessly, you're you're trying to target t- specific areas of your of your enemies, basically. Yeah, because there's like there's like three gauges when you en- uh, encounter um, an enemy. There's like uh, one for their shield uh, because they can block. You can. Uh, you obviously guard break them there's their main health and then there's a yellow bar it's kind of like a think of it like a stamina bar so it is kind of like their resistance to break off parts so once that stamina bar is gone you can go wild on like breaking off parts and hopefully getting the legs up because there's not really a target reticule that like specifies which parts you're going for it'll always be random on like what part you'll break off but it comes but it does it so frequently that you don't really worry about that so, so it's like a more complex Muso game, kind of. Yeah, essentially, because when you're when you're building a robot, there's so many things that you can add onto it. Because there's different parts of like you get a, a melee weapon, a ranged weapon. You put on the head, the body, the legs, the backpack, the arms, and then on top of all that, you have uh, uh, these other systems on it. Like you say, you have a, a backpack that has a special property. Like in Gundam, there's these things called fin funnels where they're like little beams that shoot out of you, and then like those little things that shoot out of you uh, shoot beams independently from one another. So if you equip a backpack with that, you have the option to equip that on, and that'll be part of your moveset. Uh, if you have like a, a weapon that has, like say, like a, an additional um, thing to it, I'm, I'm trying to think of a weapon that actually does. There are some weapons that have additional properties to them that like uh, you can just hit them because they have like hidden blade attached. Or if you have arms that extend out, you can have the option to like extend out those arms and like they have a flamethrower at the end. Alongside that, you have like, these special abilities too. Like some um, parts uh, give you like a super or hyper mode because like in their perspective uh, series, the, they had like had the characters on them like had that. So you can uh, like stack up all these parts and then all these different options become available to you, which really add a uh, different dynamic to the game because you're essentially building the robot of your dreams. And they don't really give you much, uh, like limitations on that. So you're so, free so, to go so, all out. So some of the parts you get are like li- total or directly lifted off of like a specific sh- Gundam from like a show. Yeah, all the parts that you get off of these are they're, they're actually real model kits that were that were made. Oh, okay. uh, there's, that's cool. Yeah, so there's these things called high grade and master grade, and just basically the the scale of the models. Like high grades are a little bit smaller, master grades are much uh, larger, and that's reflected in the game by you know master grades have a lot more uh, higher stats to them. So, so when you build them, you're lo- you're a lot bigger uh, uh, compared to your opponents. So what's the what's the new features that are in this? Of course, since it's obviously a sequel, what's the new features mm-hmm. in Gundam Breaker Three compared to Two? Okay, so in Gundam Breaker Three, it really really expands the framework of what Gundam Breaker Two had. Gundam Breaker Two uh, was basically you know you level up parts and then you feed in like these uh, little components into them to level up. In Gundam Breaker Three, it kind of 
opens it up more than that. So there, mm. each part now has like a rarity attached to it. There's uh, you know common, uh, uncommon, rare, exclusive. Is it color coded? Legendary. Yes, it's color coded. Of course it is. Yeah, it, yep. It goes white to green to blue to purple to orange. Sound familiar? Yes. <laughs> I like to hear that. So, okay, so all, all these uh, the the nice thing about these rarities is now that you can like merge parts together. So like there are di four different types of like combining parts. Whenever you uh, combine a higher rarity to a lower rarity, like it actually transfers that rarity stat uh, onto like that one. So if you're doing like uh, combining an uncommon part to a rare part, that rare status will go over to that uncommon part. And what the rarity does is open up more ability slots that you can put onto that part. Oh, and so that... it's like trade exchange kind of thing. Exactly. Oh. So, so uh, you know, you can have all these different stats, like ones that like you. There's life steal. There's when you kill an opponent, it heals you. It could uh, boost up your stats, whether it could be health or damage, or your uh, reaction rate, which is basically like how quickly you target stuff. It's just a lot. So it's it sounds like it's kind of the same base game, but it's deeper it, mechanically. Yeah, deeper mechanically. There's also these new things called builder parts, which are little attachments that you can put on to uh, your gun okay. on top of all the shit it has on it. So like there'll be like uh, a builder part that's like adds like big ass katanas on your back, and you're free to like uh, tweak it however you want it, like the position of it. it it's very very freeform and how you want to fit out your uh, robot so if you don't want, if you don't want like a part of it sticking out you can actually like clip it into your model so like only a certain part of it is sticking out and whatever it function it does it, it can be added onto your move set so those big ass katanas that you have there's like going to be uh an option for it either, either in your optional parts or your uh extra abilities that say hey you can use these in battle as well oh man so, so you can really big beefy things. The only thing that I will say that, that I would knock against it is the loading times in this, at least from the PS4 version that I've played, uh, are a bit uh, annoying because there's this new bounty hunter board that they added onto it, and it's a good way to farm the currency in the game uh, and whatnot. But it, every time you load up the the screen, it like kind of refreshes the terms of service onto the like behind the scenes so it takes a while to load it up so sometimes it could take a like a fair amount of minutes to just you know find like uh, a bounty uh a bounty that you want to take on because that bounty has a part that you want and you want to try, try to tackle it on tackle it on to get a chance to get that part to drop and obviously it's not going to be any better on the vita because it's on uh, yeah. lower res uh, lower spec machine so that yeah makes it's also the same for multiplayer too. Like when you're trying to connect and stuff, sometimes the loading screens, uh, loading times do stack on. It's, it, it, I wish, I wish they kind of took a little bit of time optimizing the loading times in that game. Yeah, that's annoying. It is. <laughs> sounds like it can but, really disrupt the experience. But for the most part, it sounds like it's more uh, what people love, but more. Especially yeah, for that. and I hope, and I hope that like it actually does like you know uh, catch on because. You know, with an English version coming out in Asian uh, territory, like hopefully it does get a, an official localization in North America and in Europe, because uh, I think this is uh, a game that, like, that hasn't really seen the light of day outside of Japan, all that often. Like, it, it, it definitely harkens back to like those days of like Armored Core, um, a little bit of Front Mission. I was actually thinking when you're talking about like getting new parts for like new machines, I'm like, man, I want a new Armored Core game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <New front laughs> it's definitely like that. Yeah. But so, it's, it's up to uh, four players cooperatively online. It's a blast, uh, you know, playing with friends on it. 
and whatnot. Great. All right. Well, so it uh, sounds like we're going to have a video uh, soon for Gun and Breaker 3. Is that right, Josh? Yes. Great. All right. So you guys can once again check it up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash net. Thanks a lot, Josh. Thank you. So remind me, is there any other Gundam games? Like, I thought there was one that was actually going to be localized. Or am I just imagining yeah. it? There, there is one. It's called Gundam Extreme vs. Force. And oh, that's yeah, that's right. That's the localized one. Vita here. Okay. And that's a whole different other beast. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think I, I know plenty like of I, Like stuff. I said, I hear of these Gundam games with, like, these versus Breaker Force and, like, yeah, all these, it, it, all these it, buzzwords, like, Is it just, together. like, versus and Breaker, like, the only two ones, though, besides, like, the Super Robot stuff? Like, it's not just the two core series, though. Like, I don't... Is it just Gundam, Breaker, and Versus? Like, the only two? The only... Yeah, the only ones that, like, that are super big, like, outside Japan, that, like, by name now is just Gundam Breaker and Gundam Extreme Versus. I mean, there's yeah. other ones, like, little other games in Japan, but they're not really... Don't get... I'm not really in the spotlight as much as those two now. Yeah, Breaker is basically virtual on. <laughs> so, that's... Ex- except, for obviously, way more than that, but that's kind of where it... it uh, is you mixed it up. Uh, extreme extreme versus is is more like a little bit more like virtual on. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> great. All right. So now we can do the right thing that I completely screwed up before and move on. Let's move on into news. And so uh, what I was going to get into is that um, there's actually a lot to discuss. Uh, seems like we do have a lot to discuss every other week. But um, this is very important that we had some sort of kind of breaking news in fact that it was only just announced yesterday that XT Games has come out and announced that not only is Cold Steel 2 set to be released later this fall for both PS3 and Vita uh, no set date just fall um, but they also announced Trails in the Sky the third uh, which is the third chapter in the series in the sub-series is going to be brought over as well, although it's only going to be brought as a PC-only release. So those who have been playing the games up uh, to this point on their PSP or Vita uh, seems like they're going to be kind of out of luck at this point if they want to kind of experience it more once again on the handheld. Now, uh, Josh and Adam, you are way more qualified to talk about these games than I am since I have yet to play even second chapter. And so what is the deal about the third chapter in this game trilogy i love the third chapter. okay i'm not gonna label it the third chapter because uh the third is essentially an extended epilogue of what happens in the second chapter as long yeah, as, uh, as that, like yeah. as a as a bridge to all the other arcs that after uh, that happened after the liberal uh, okay arc. okay so, uh, josh is definitely more into this than i am i am also <laughs> part no I, I don't mean that you're, you're, you're more way more into this than i am you're more knowledgeable <laughs> i don't care uh, um, I am also partway through second chapter, and I just haven't had time to finish it. But so with the Trails games, for anyone who isn't aware, basically there's like seven now, going to be eight games in the series, um, in the Trails series, and that's that's even part of a larger series. But that gets yep. a little complicated. Anyway, Slayer, no, Trails in the Sky is like the first three games, so like the first trilogy in this much longer series. So, like, Trails of Cold Steel actually comes much later, um, but we've gotten it already. So we're kind of getting things out of order in English. It doesn't matter that much, I I, I gather, um, because you can still fit the pieces together anyway. But um, So this is the third game in this Trails series, and like Josh was saying, it's not really like a third chapter, even though that's kind of what it's titled. From what I've gathered, it is like a... 
it's it it takes parts of the second chapter. You're even following a different primary character around, and it's more just like fleshing things out. Kevin, with yeah, it's Kevin, the the priest, um, and it's fleshing things out, and it's kind of building the world, from what I understand, right? Like it's yes, it's leading into like the larger world building that um, all these games fit into, right? Yeah, because. Without uh, spoiling anything on what happens in the third, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the structure of the game is very much um, fleshing out characters' past and other things that go on within the world of Trails. The, it's definitely there. There are uh, doors, uh, star doors in the game that uh, link to different uh, times and places that in which uh, what went on behind the scenes and everything that has happened so far. To to put it very lightly. And how the third, like the third, in terms of like text alone, is significantly less than second chapter. There's like That's maybe a, th a third of the text uh, compared to second chapter. So I think it's a little bit more than first chapter, but it's it's definitely more linear. Uh, it's not as structured like the the first uh, chapter and the second chapter. It's not like it's not as slow. Maybe it's more more like it, it, it's definitely more. It's definitely a lot more intrigue. Whether it's uh, character good. intrigue, political intrigue, uh, and it it kind of it kind of brings a lot of pieces together. And it's like, oh, that's the reason why that happened at that uh, part in the previous cool. game. So it's it's one of my favorite personally one of my favorite trails games because and, it's, and it's it's so different it's so it's the way everything is presented yeah I just I finished it, it first really chapter and second chapter and I really am not a fan of the pacing at all I I feel they're way too slow for me but I still finished I, them <laughs> I I agree with you a little bit it just kind of comes with the style of game it is it's more slow paced it's yeah, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not I'm not saying this is this it shouldn't be this way. It's just kind of the way they are, and you may or may not like it. Um, Dave, you're you're in luck because the third is filled with a lot of dungeons. It's a lot more gameplay oriented. <laughs> oh, actually, that actually that sounds perfect for me. Like I like Trails in the Sky, but I always I've always told myself like or and others uh, I kind of wish there was more of a game there because there is a lot of story, a lot of dialogue, right. a lot of text, um, and that it's and all of that is done really well, but. When you just said there might be more dungeons, that actually is a good thing. Oh. Uh, well, look, look, I got, I got no problem with story and text. I just feel like Trails like reiterates stuff a lot. It's very redundant. I feel. I, I mean, I know a lot of people disagree with me. They think, oh, it's so deliberate. It's all, it's paced that way to, because it's relaxing. I, I just think it's boring a good chunk of the time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, definitely. I think Cold uh, Steel doesn't do much different. In terms yeah, of yeah, that, but yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm still excited to get into Cold Steel. Absolutely. Tra tra yeah, Trails is, de is definitely like if there's one thing consistent without the uh, throughout the games, it's definitely that uh, pace of storytelling. Slow the burn. third is a, is such an outlier. One thing, one thing that's kind of amusing, if you ever if you get the press releases for these games, if you ever they'll, they'll always throw in the word meticulous. <laughs> for every for that's anything, a word to use. Yeah, no, that, that's the word that that's like their go-to word for describing this is meticulous. Um, so any any announcement or press release you get from Axie about this game, it'll always say meticulous. Look for it. <laughs> but I definitely want to tackle on the issue that like you know it's PC only, and I definitely understand the the feelings of people who played through this series uh, on a handheld up to okay, this point. So the first question that comes to my mind is: yeah. there's a there's a there's a there is save data transfer from first from first chapter to second. It's not like anything mm -hmm. too significant, but you get a couple bonuses and things yeah. like that. Is there a save tra save data transfer from second to third? Yes, the, the, you do get a few like accessories, I believe, but it's nothing too major. Once again, 
uh, it's very much like uh, first chapter to second chapter. Like you get a little bonus, but it's nothing too you significant. Get, you, you get like a little ornament early on, that's or something. That's... Yeah, from the, yeah, from the FC to SC. Yeah, so there's definitely the same way, and it's just the, XC had to make a lot of like super tough decisions. I'm sure there's like one of the things that they had to like hang themselves over, like uh, during like the nego- negotiations for this game because releasing uh, a PSP and even an extension of Vita game. In uh, next year is going to be it's going to be tough. It's the the numbers don't add up. Like I, I mean, think yeah. the, the, the the release of second chapter the PSP, like it was more of a gesture of goodwill of uh, finishing the the promises of that teaser from uh, the first chapter. Yeah, first chapter like, <laughs> tease of second chapter and its original PSP release. Like I'm I'm, I'm sure that like you know that. I'm sure that didn't get like sale amazingly compared compared to PC. So when you're t- when you're going to you know this whole thing about it. Uh, I actually do want to read a little bit uh, on the Marvelous Forums. Uh, Thomas Lipschultz, uh, no, better known as Tom or Wordwad, actually uh, tackled this issue head on. Uh, can I read a little bit about what he said on that? Yeah, I'm actually, I actually pulled up Brittany's, uh, Brittany from Exceed, her tweets that she was doing just yesterday all about this. But yeah, what does Tom have to say about that? Okay. Uh, I understand handheld gamers are upset by the PC-only nature of this announcement, but let's be clear here. We announced the game for PC-only because that is literally our only option. Or should I really say, quote-unquote, the only option? Since no other company would have any more luck with the other versions than we did, we explored all other possibilities for releasing this game, including the PSP, PS3, and Vita alike, and have determined after much effort they are all completely non-viable. It was literally PC-only or no trails third. Period. Let me, let me, let the, me, oh, sorry. Let him finish, yeah, let him finish. Just, yeah, just a little bit more. Period. I understand that uh, that's a tough concept to accept, especially considering I can't really give you guys a full explanation as to why these versions are non-viable, but you're going to have to trust me on this one. We tried. We really did. Oh, what the hell happened behind that's, the scenes? Well, it's let, kind me, of let, me just men- let me just mention, if anyone's not aware, th- these games are on... PS3 in Japan, so that was an option. Like it was floating around, and also there's like new versions coming out on Vita. So uh, the first and second chapter are out on Vita in Japan. So that's kind of what he, I, I, that sounds like what he was referencing to is well. So this is what Brittany was talking about. That uh, so this is kind of the I'm I'm quoting some of this. Uh, some of this obviously is just um, not verbatim, but she's talking about how uh, second chapter on PSP was hell and not really for profit, but we wanted fans to finish Estelle's story, and that was it. So third chapter once again can kind of as you guys were talking about before is more of a extended epilogue to experience more of the story is that what they are talking about also is that the PC version will be the definitive version so they can take assets from like the PS3 release that that Adam just talked about uh, in order to um, take all that all those HD assets from there and put it in the PC version on top of uh, widescreen uh, view and other quality of life improvements and so they kind of talk about also that the Evo, the Evolution Vita versions, the, the Vita releases, um, it's got full voice acting, but it's a totally different company and wouldn't be compatible with your PSP versions anyway. So it's a totally different game, so it's not going to be the same. Like You still wouldn't have to be able yeah. to do some of those things. Like I, I don't know about the whole like save transfer deal if it's the Evolution games. Seems like that would be a totally different matter. Well, the, the evolution yeah, games are like are are like are like re-releases. They're not just ports. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone realistically expected those to come. Um, 
yeah. as like a substitute. I would love to see that, but it's obviously not really going to be the case. But and then the other, they also just for those that are interested, they talk about how Zero and Aono Kaseki, uh, the in between games after Trails and before the Cold Steel games, um, that PC versions exist and that they are exploring the option of bringing those over as that particular plat on that particular platform and so they're hoping that people continue to offer their support so that uh, the fact that that's the only reason third exists in the west now uh, that they want to make sure that they can bring other games as well so they help people obviously mm-hmm. but that's like a given like yeah of course bottom I mean, like that. bottom bottom line they are a business and even though there is a set of people who would love to play it on psp or on vita it's when you consider like the cost and the and the resources it takes to make these translations, it literally just does not make sense for them to do that. It, you know, obviously we don't know why exactly. We don't know the numbers or so anything. That's that's but, also important to say is that. So I love my Vita to death, but I, even hearing like the the people at Kuwait Techno talk about trying to bring over Vita games to the West, they're talking about how it's almost it's very difficult to turn to profit yeah. anymore. As much as people think that it's such a strong thing and they love it to death and that they want to see more support out of it, just the fact of the matter is, it's clearly just dying like, or just dead here in the I mean, West. There, there's, so a, there's a reason why like Bandai Namco ported like Digimon to PS4. And um, I mean, that, that costs money, but there's a reason why they did that. And also, like that, the for you were talking about Koei Tecmo, the Knights of Azure game. Yeah, that's that's that, what that, they were talking about. That's PS, that, 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 that's that's PS4 only in in the U.S. Right? And yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And they and they specifically cited. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna have plenty of people working at those companies that are going to bat for people that play on the Vita because I'm obviously they hear that every day. They hear all the complaints. I'm sure, and I have friends who work at those companies that say, yeah, we go to these meetings and we really fight for that and we try to convince people in Japan, hey, it's got to happen, but as you said before, they're a business, and so they're trying to find the way to get the most um, revenue from their games, and so putting it on the PC, for example, is seeing a huge uh, amount of revenue come through for them because there's little overhead um, as if it's a digital-only PC release as compared to releasing like a physical thing or whatever the case is, going through all the um, the uh, the Sony. Uh, um, I'm blinking here for a moment here. All the uh, the uh, certificate uh, certification and all that stuff that they have to do that costs money. And so there's all yeah. these things that they an ESRB that costs like ten thousand dollars just to submit. I think it's like ten thousand or something like it's it's a lot of money every yeah. time they have to submit for for, the, for every platform, right? Exactly, so. and that's also the reason why people could get upset about like censorship and things like that. It's like, well, it costs them a shitload of money just even submitting it, and so they want to get it right the first time. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, it's really sucks though. I mean, I love my Vita once again, but you know, it's kind of the reality of the situation. Um, but hey, at least we're still getting games for it. That's definitely, and that, yeah. I think it's it's one of the it's it's one of the most miraculous localizations. Uh, yeah. Localization like, announcements. I, 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 I feel I feel like even though even though it feels like we get more Japanese localizations than ever, I feel like the third was not a given. Um, oh no, yeah, I, I think a lot of people like a, a kind of little bit gave up on it because of the the, the previous like you know uh, comments on it. Uh, from like, all the localization blogs, it's kind of one of those things. Like, well, okay, it's it's not really part of Joshua and Estelle's story. Like, even though everyone's like biting their lip, like, I guess we can live without the third. But I think that this coming out of nowhere, 
It's Kevin's just, a lot more wow. interesting than Estelle and Joshua, Kevin, by the way. I, I, yeah, yeah, I love Kevin. <laughs> so, yeah, ch- check it out. Um, I mean, obviously, I think people should get, still give it a chance. But, hey, um, you should also really play Cold Steel because that game is really, really good. And so oh, yeah. and if you need another Vita game to play... On the backlog. <laughs> play the back- all the Trails games. Yes. There, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, play all of them. Um, uh, or be like David and have issues with the pacing and all that. But that's it's obviously you got to <laughs> experience that and find that those out are, yourself. Those are valid criticisms. No, 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 it totally is. <laughs> it's just that, you know, you've you got to experience that and come up with your own kind of conclusion about that. So now also, aside from uh, the Trails announcements that came out, and by the way, I think as of this recording, those games are on sale on PlayStation Network and on Steam. And so you can still pick them up for a cheap price. Um, back on May, uh, excuse me, March 3rd, Nintendo held their Direct, um, which was once again kind of announced out of nowhere, where they talked about all their 3DS and Wii U games that were coming up in the spring and summer. Some of those uh, announcements that they brought out, um, just kind of running down some of the big stories that came from that, uh, they finally announced that Monster Hunter Cross is going to be brought over here for the 3DS, of course, because that's where it's exclusive, this summer as Monster Hunter Generations. Uh, They talked about some of the new features of the game, but if you're a big Monster Hunter fan, I don't think any of us are, uh, but uh, they're introducing new features such as new styles and new hunter arts. And from what I understand... Despite the title, this is like a mainline Monster Hunter game. It's not a spinoff. I mean, I guess it technically is a spinoff, but it, it's 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 basically following in the footsteps of Monster Hunter Four. Um, There's a lot of content. In this yeah, stuff. I heard yeah, that. About it's like, so it's I, not I, just I, it's it's not just like a side game, even though it might technically be. But it, it's it's fully flat. It's you know it's got a it's fully content and all that. So. I um, jump in this time around. Yeah, that's I, I've heard from people that love Monster Hunter that that's pretty much the best so far. I mean, after they said that about Ultimate, but now this is like the best so far. This is the new best. Let's hope that Monster Hunter was it Stories um, gets brought yeah. over. Eventually. Monster Hunter Stories is more our wheelhouse directly. That's the one that's actually like RPG. It's kind of like. That one's like Pokemon Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope that brought over. So, um, and then also they announced that they're releasing a new Paper Mario Color Splash, uh, which they called it an action adventure game, or at least that Paper Mario series has been an action adventure series. I'm like, well, it's, it was at one point a turn-based RPG, and yeah. so it's kind of uh, people be nice are nice to have uh, another thousand-year door, but yeah, this, yeah. this so, is the direction uh, the series goes in. Yeah, so they're. People are already calling it like another sticker star, which is, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, is probably the weakest entry in the series. I arguably, that. I just, I just realized it's, I, it's, it's so great, and I gave it way too high a score. I, oh. I hate. <laughs> uh, this is too strong a word, but sticker star has got to be one of the most my one of my most disliked games. It's, and some people criticize it because it doesn't have a story or anything, but no, it's just the mechanics and the systems are are bad they don't fit well and it's unfortunately from the from like the minute of footage we have on this new game yeah we it it looks like it looks like a follow-up to sticker star more than anything else it doesn't look like much of an rpg yeah so it's another gimmick with colors instead instead of like paint yeah it 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 showed them getting like art cards rather than stickers so it's it feels like they just smacked that engine onto a wii u game so and i'm actually i'm actually one of the people i wasn't that harsh on uh the Wii game? What was it? The third game. Super, uh, Mar- Super Mario. Super Mario. Super Mario. I love like Super, Super Mario. Mario. Yeah, that, that it one, that wasn't one. an RPG. It was a. It, it was an it's, action it's, platformer. It was the first like, one. 
that's kind of like a that one's kind of like a platformer with some of the RPG elements around. Yeah, yeah it's um, a platformer with numbers. But it, I think it was still a good game. But yeah, this the this I from what we've seen of Color Splash, I am, and I'm a, and I'm generally a fan of the Mario RPGs, and this one I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to hopefully they'll mm-hmm. flesh more uh, with that, and so we can finally learn more about what that game is kind of going to be about. Yeah, that game's Maybe. been kind of like around for almost a year now. People have been teasing that game, um, and so also. They announced that, uh, I'm not going to remember the original Japanese name, but it's the Shimagami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem game, coming over to the West as Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. So, um, what a cool name. It's a Gen-A. cool name. They kept the sharp. Cool they kept the sharp. Something. They announced Josh, can the name. Josh can pronounce the Japanese name. Genei Iwonoku Sharp FE. Yes. Exactly. There, there you go. Yeah, that's what it is. And so they <laughs> they uh, made the smart decision, at least I think, that they said, oh, well, this is kind of based in Japan. It's going to be all about the culture there, of course. So they're keeping it completely Japanese with English subtitles. That's um, the right decision. This is kind of crazy because Nintendo doesn't really do that. Hey, that's yeah, that's fun, did. At, at, like, they took out the dual audio from Fire Emblem, but they're leaving the, uh, the Japanese only for this release. So that's kind of a... I mean, I don't know if it's just the fact that they're trying an easy way to look at the game. I think it's a combination of... I, first of all, I am definitely no hater of English dubs. I actually prefer them more often than not. Well, sometimes despite, I do, yeah. But, like, for this game, first of all, it's very Japanese in terms of it's based in Japan. But also, I don't... It, it, this is not, like, a mainstream game. It's a very kind of focused Japan uh, theme. And it's not only that, but this would be a really hard game to dub with because the focus on the singing yes that's, and, i think they said they were going to try to do that didn't they i think, I think at e3 last year they mentioned yeah. looking for voice actors that could sing but they yeah. must have, they must have decided that it was not worth it for this could it, could it like be a cross cutting method uh, I, I really I, really I, wanted to hear that fire emblem song in english no i, I, I really the, really wanted to hear that <laughs> hey, I, I no love, spoilers I love the no spoilers yeah. I think this is the right decision. It, yeah. it would be way, it would be very, very difficult to put it in English and awkward. Um, I mean, more so than it already kind of is. So I, I think this is the right decision. And for the type of game it is, I don't think, I think most people playing it are going to prefer the Japanese voices anyway. It's it's the game for them. You know, it's a super niche yeah. uh, fan service kind of game. So I'm sure people that are were interested in it are going to be excited for that. And so uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE is going to be out both North America and Europe on the same day on June 24th, which is the one, great. The one thing about this game, like for, honestly, I don't really care much about this idle garbage. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but the one. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> but but I the things I've seen about the battle system and the dungeon design, uh, I think look really really cool and interesting. So I'm I am interested in this. Something for everyone. Finally, yeah, looks Adam's great. Going to be playing some idle games. All right. Yeah. So. I mean, co- compare yeah, compare know. the dungeon. Compare the dungeon we've seen for this compared to like Persona, and it's, I don't know, it's it, we actually have some gu- honest to goodness dungeon design here, so I like. Talk that. about a Persona a lot today, aren't we? <laughs> it's it's going to come up in our conversation. <laughs> I was just going to play it and then come out. I was like, man, idols are great. Yeah, yeah idols. Are idols. Awesome. I don't know what I was missing. <laughs> play some Project Diva. All right, so, um, and also big news for people that have been waiting and waiting, 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 waiting. Fire Emblem Fates was finally announced for Europe on May the twentieth with a special edition also announced that includes, once again, um, both games, Conquest and Birthright, plus, was it Revelations? Is that Revel- the... Revelation. Revelation, not Persona Revolution. All right, so yeah. 
so they finally announced that. And so um, that was all, a lot of the big hits besides like other stuff they announced during the direct bags, like Rhythm Heaven and stuff like that. There's also stuff that's going to be localized. But that's it for the RPG news from the Nintendo Direct. And we're still waiting for dates on like the Dragon Quest games. Yeah, that uh, would be really nice. Dragon Quest Eleven, finally. I would well, I mean, I'm, I'm at the I'm at the Nintendo ones. Uh, seven oh, and seven and eight. Yeah, that's they still. <laughs> Jack is that... already like already over the moon. No, <laughs> not much of a 3DS guy. Yeah, we're de- definitely definitely waiting for more interviews on Dragon Quest uh, Eleven as well. Yeah, which, I really I mean, that's that's the if, one. I'm if, most if, if that's supposed to hit the anniversary, isn't that this year? No, not eleven. Uh, because on the anniversary, Heroes Two is coming out on the anniversary. Yeah, that's, oh, that's that's, that's their anniversary. That's in May, eleven is like next year, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, I already played seven as a kid, and eight. I mean, it's already out there. I mean, obviously, seven's way different on the 3DS, but I just mean that I'm focused on eleven like a on a, like a laser, and so because um, it's two D on the, uh, you can do two D or three D. That's so badass. All right. That's so cool. So, so, um, also, uh, quickly, they announced, um, not at Nintendo Direct, obviously, but Valkyria Chronicles Remastered finally has a date. Um, to be fair, this is something that was also already listed on Amazon for a while, but they kind of just confirmed it. May 17th, uh, you can still pre-order the game and get that Steelbook edition. Um, but it's pretty much carbon copy of the PC release with all the DLC, because that one also had it. Um, but it's... For PS4, so you get the cool and, trophies and share feature and all that stuff. So and, just, and still waiting for any news on the other Valkyria game. Yeah, Valkyria as Azure Azure Revolution. I can never pronounce that word, but that's they had not they did not say anything about the demo being on there. Sounds like every Sounds time like they not, haven't said anything, yeah. so it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, it's it. To be fair, that's not really a demo. It's more like a proof of concept kind of thing. Yeah. So hopefully they'll um, consider releasing that separately later in the West. But once again, they even haven't announced it for the West period, so see how that goes. So, and also, um, big, big news. Also, there was actually a huge cover story for this on the latest Famitsu. Um, Etrian Odyssey 5 finally got yes. its proper coverage after, I mean, we all, like a long is, time, it seems like a is, long time ago they had like a teaser site. That, that, that was teased way back in 2014, I think. Yeah, so and, what's, yeah. what's the big news about Etrian well, Odyssey well, 5? Kind of the interesting was is when they teased it, they didn't say a platform. So people were like, wow, can Etrian Odyssey be leaving the DS family? And well, no, this one's. <laughs> the, it did leave uh, DS, I guess. But. Yeah, it's 3DS again, um, which isn't too unexpected. No. Uh, I think they said that's actually going to be the last numbered entry. Uh, at least that's what, the, that's what the strong feeling is. So this could be it anyway. But yeah. I mean, we don't know a ton about the game yet. I, we know a, a good thing, a good few things, I guess. Yeah. So they. they They've uh, first of all, one big change is that you can now have voices for your characters, um, and there's several different ones to choose from. Um, so that's a big addition. Um, it's set in the in Arcadia now, the land and, of Arcadia. Yeah, and there's uh, there's like four different races, and they've added more to like the character customization. You've always been able to change like like your your hair color and some other things, like your outfit color, and all these Etrian Odyssey games. But they've they've kind of made it a little bit more in depth of how the, the different combinations you can do on the character creator. Um, and then the, like usual, they, they say that they've improved like the mapping functions and things like that. Um, one thing in terms of gameplay, they say uh, is that the, the, the class roles are supposed to be more like distinct and separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, the, like, the, the, it, like the classes are like more like tied to their races. Yeah. Like supposedly in the other games you could create like, 
a character that's kind of like not not like a jack of all traits, but like kind of like all around beast in HP, stats, uh, strength, and defense, and everything. And you could kind of just create these uber characters. But now they're like, okay, now you have to actually coordinate your characters a little bit better than that. So they they kind of they're they're making your characters more distinct from each other. Um, it sounds like. Yeah, that was from, that was from I, an interview. I just remember completely cheesing at you in Odyssey Four because like all you had to do was like set the auto map to go in a circle and then have something like on the screen when you shut the 3DS so that it held down the um, oh. A button <laughs> and then it just comp- kept advancing because as long as it's held down, it advances like it auto skips. And so I like leveled up that way. And so I wanted to make sure <laughs> Odyssey Five is going to continue allow me to cheat the game. So um, yeah, it seems like it's it's more yeah. it's it's obviously a big improvement over the over four, but it seems like is it do you think like the the bigger focus here is like the the party that you create is kind of definitely the big thing, because the the you have four races uh, in this uh, land of Arcadia like the humans there's Arslan, Lanaria which are like the elves, Sarian which are like the beasts, Brani which is like the dwarves, and then like so far I don't know this the I don't I. I can't imagine the final uh, class list, but that there are several like you know classes uh, mentioned that are tied to these uh, races, like fencers, dragoons, uh, reapers, and uh, the ones who wield cestuses or cestuses. Yeah, and, and, and some only... cool designs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a like uh, those are tied to like the humans, and then like the necromancers and warlocks are elves. So like the elves are like more like magic centric, with the necromancer and warlock being tied to them, while the beasts are have like the the hound and warrior classes. And then, like, while the dwarves are, like more like support with the shaman, the herbalist classes. So, like, the all these races are like definitely tied to like some sort of like role in like a, a traditional party, let's say. Great. All right. So, uh, at your Odyssey Five, you can find uh, news up on the site um, with all the latest information about that with the characters. They put out a trailer, so definitely check that out. Um, it's up on the page as well. And so, um, yeah, then moving right along, um, just to kind of get some other quick bits before we get into more of the heavier discussions, Way of the Samurai 3 was announced for the PC. Um, they just said coming soon, right? They didn't actually put a real date on that thing. No, no, no date, but uh, yeah. it seems like they're working backwards. So, because they, used to, they released Way of the Samurai 4 before and uh, going back to 3, and 3 is awesome. I, I really like that. 3 was good, yeah. It was like, it went, it like that was when, like, um, that was like, I think that was my first meeting with Exceed ever at, at an E3 show, and so got to see that game, and just just way over the top, like, hitting a character and seeing them, like, do a bunch of spins through the air as they yeah. come flying <laughs> off, and it's like, you, the way you dress yourself uh, is completely bizarre, like wearing diapers and giant hats and things like that. It's just always... It was always been like a. I think three is when it went because obviously one and two are more of a serious type of game. Three is when it went way off the rails, and then four, of course, being kind of the same thing as three. And so, um, I've I've actually yeah I've heard really good things about three, but you've actually played that yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not very familiar with these games. Both four and three were originally on PS3. Yes. Yes. Okay. So then now they're coming. It's coming to PC just like four was. You can see a review of Way of the Samurai four on our YouTube channel. But um, Way of the Samurai three, it's kind of fun to see that that's going to be coming out. I guess that's the big ghost-like game that they were uh, teasing I, I, for so long. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of neat that we have like this small little studio like Ghostlight, just kind of you know uh, porting a lot of these like smaller, like 
you know, the smaller scale, maybe not smaller yeah, scale, definitely. but like it's kind of funny because like I know the guy Ross who works at Ghostlight. I think Ross one of his is last projects, yeah, yeah he's, he's totally a great guy. I think one of his last projects, I mean, one of his earliest projects, maybe it was his first one, was uh, Shadow Hearts uh, from the New World on the PS2, and yeah. so like I, it was great talking to him about that kind of stuff, and so. Um, yeah, Way of the Samurai 3 coming to PC once again, coming soon. Don't know much more than that. Uh, and just looking over the news, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that we can do. But, well, let's go right into it. Zero Time Dilemma. Um, let's let's talk oh about God. that. Actually, no, before we go into that, I'd like to save that for last because it's going to be the longest okay. thing we talk All about. Right. How about um, there's more details about Caligula Furious upcoming rpg seems like we're probably the only ones who talk about this game but let's talk more about it there's some new details coming out of famitsu yeah um the, they basically go over how the the battle system works uh it's like called the the battle system is called imaginary chain and what's really weird about this since we've uh, covered like sort of the themes uh in an earlier podcast about uh caligula like being like your what, what how did you phrase it adam i can't remember how you phrased it, it's it. it's uh, the, the, i guess what the way it translated was um wanting something you can't have and i guess yeah. that's like very 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 loosely related to the emperor caligula who when he was put in the power was able to like uh, on it literally like commit adultery and finally was able to get things he could have or you know it was just weird i, I don't really it's kind of a weird stretch <laughs> yeah so the battle system in this game is uh like uh it's basically what it implies right imaginary chain so you basically like project like like a holographic like map of like yourself doing the thing so before you even in, like engage in the action you're mapping out these things that are actually projected onto the screen so you're uh like imagining what you're about to do and then that's and then you line it all up, and then that's when the combos actually activate. I think. So it, I think. I think I said earlier, it kind of sounds like the Matrix, where you. Uh, yeah, a little to, bit. You think you about like, it, and then it happens. That's cool. Like you have to like believe that it will happen, and it, then it will happen. <laughs> yeah, it goes over good. to like. Uh, so definitely, a lot of this is enemy positioning. Like uh, this character will like launch a character uh, enemy up in the air. This character has weapons, like say like a firearm that like keeps them up in the air with their shots. And then after that, you're imagining like this uh, other character slamming them down with like some sort of like sledgehammer weapon and then uh when you put all that into place it'll actually do the action it's it's freaking weird and i i hope they uh they kind of make that uh experience as smooth as possible because the first trailer they had kind of was pretty frame heavy let's say at some parts it did hitch a bit in that trailer so hopefully they smoothen that uh those things out well i think when this collector actually be coming out anyway um in japan i believe Okay, June, July. I want to say it's June, it's June twenty-three. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's right around the corner for them, and hopefully that's I, enough time to. It it, it it sounds interesting enough, but having played a couple of recent Furuyu games, I am cautious. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're, going, they're probably doing something far more ambitious than they're. Yeah, able I mean, to pull I mean, off, these we'll sorts of, these these are sorts of the things that always sound more interesting, or not not always, but they can easily sound more interesting on paper than they actually yeah. are. So, like know. I got a big like resonance of faith thing in my head about like people yeah. jumping up and shooting each other yeah. down kind of thing. But that's <laughs> it, clearly not going to be the case. Uh, so It's, it's yeah. also funny, too, because they have this thing called the catharsis effect, and you can definitely see where uh, the Persona 2 writers' influence got into this. Because Right, Persona uh, 2 writers on this, yeah. Yeah, but because at, the, at their character designs, like, they have these little, like, roses or flowers on their chest, but, like, in catharsis effect, like, there's, like, a little spike that, like, bursts out of that rose from their chest, and, then that's, and that's how they summon their weapon. 
as well and it's just what coming out of the flowers what the body? that's bizarre that's... And, then, and then like handcuffs like like up here on their wrists as well when catharsis effect is it sounds very place. persona-ish or tensei-ish in that case but yeah that's insane all right so uh and then also um it seems like every week they're announcing some more ease eight characters and now we've got hummel and Ricotta? Ricotta? I don't know how to pronounce yeah. that. But Ricotta, I think, is how it's pronounced. It's two new characters. What are they about? Basically, um, so they recently revealed Dana, the titular character. Yeah. But she is supposed... A um, dual protagonist, as it were. Yeah, but she is kind of controlled separately from everyone else. Um, it's, it, the hint is, is that she's one of the ancients, and there's some like time-spatial thing going on. But anyways, they revealed two more characters for Adol's party, and that's Hummel and Ricotta. Um, and just kind of briefly here, Hummel is also washed up on this island that everything takes place in. Everyone's a, washed up on this yeah, island. Well, actually, the other character is not Ricotta. Oh, but anyway, Hummel. Hummel is a he's he, he's not like a mercenary, I guess, but he's like he he does jobs for various employers, and that's how he makes a living. But he doesn't necessarily he doesn't share what he's currently working on. Um, so he's like this man of mystery. Like I'm on the island. I am doing a job. I'm I'm here for some reason we don't know what he wields I like absolutely a love it's like yeah you're really to say it he, a bayonet like oh yeah my he wields God. a bayonet and he's got <laughs> like this <laughs> was the other guy like a giant anchor and, and so it makes sense he, that they're keeping yeah. with the theme i guess yeah. sea theme and he's got like these like these tight pants and all that so he's too stylish <laughs> that to with anything, but yeah <laughs> it's like the bell bottom almost like bell bottoms, oh, bell bottoms. Yeah. he's a like very a, stylish a, a neo cowboy with a bayonet that's yes and then the other character is Ricotta. She's a 12-year-old like village girl, and she's actually native to the island. Um, all we really know about her is she's looking for her father, who, I, I, if I remember correctly, is the chieftain of her tribe. And she knows about, being a native, I guess she knows about the island a little bit, and she knows about the, the ancient people, which I'm assuming Dana is one of those people. Um, otherwise, it's about it. She wields like a mace thing. With mace thing. And then, kind of more interestingly, um, so this was set to release in Japan, this game, this summer. Um, uh, July 21st. They, they, recently, they recently announced July 21st, but only for the Vita version. The PS4 version, they actually decided to push that back to 2017, so that's... Quite a like push back. Crazy. Backwards. Yeah, uh, like we can speculate yeah, all we want about what that means. Does it mean that they're going to put new more content into it, or is it just that difficult to develop for? Well, this I, I, let me remind me. But this is this PS4 version, despite not being dedicated on PS4. This is their first PS4 game, right? Gotham's, so, yeah, totally. It yeah. is. So yeah, maybe yeah. maybe yeah, it's the first announced too, of course. Yeah. Is Sendo Kaseki three PS4? I believe so. But that yeah, was just that was just like rec very oh, recent. Oh yeah, that, that's a later so. game. So this yeah. is this game obviously is before that. But maybe maybe this being their first PS4 game, it's harder than they thought, or they they're having more difficulties with Sounds the platform. Kind of bizarre, considering how close the Vita and the PS4 are meant to be. But you know, obviously we can speculate all we want, but maybe we'll see like the real. <laughs> Uh, result of that hard work next year, but um, they well, obviously have not announced that for the West. But like, Falcom games have never always looked that great. So no, I don't like, know what the like feeling is going to be. Memories of Memories of Seta, which was the Yeast game most previous to this. Yeah. That was a Vita game, but it really was. It felt like a PSP game in terms of its resolution and character models and things like that. Falcom is not really known to like be pushing the boundaries for 
you know, these they visual... They don't have the money to do that. Do they right. use their own engine, or do they have, like, a... Are they using a... Middleware or uh, something like that? Yeah, middleware. They probably use some probably. sort of middleware, but, but they're a small company. They're, like, 50 or so, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're very small. They reuse assets all the time, and once, like, Cold Steel, they kind of did that with like the voice acting they got away with like only having like certain important scenes having that so that's kind of how they were but they pack it obviously so much full of story and whatnot to kind of make up for that so like what does this mean for the ps4 release um but hey at least it's coming out to the vita so soon so at least we can see the result like what people's thoughts are going to be before like the eventual port um but considering the vita is way more popular than the ps4 uh in japan anyway uh, it's kind of interesting to see what that's going to be like. Um, but I, I do have I do have yeah. two like super super breaking news game announcements because Dengeki Festival is going on right now. Oh maybe, yeah, I actually okay. saw that Compile Heart had something going on. Didn't yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, Compile Heart and Dengeki and PlayStation, I guess, are having this collaboration. Wait, did this, this just new... happen just now? It's, it's just literally right happened right now. Oh, it's breaking. It's a super breaking. Um, so the first one is called. Uh, Kami Gokuo Mary Skelter for the PS Vita, and that's roughly translation to like Divine Tower Prison Mary Skelter, and we don't we just know it's a dungeon RPG for the PS Vita. All we know uh, right now is it getting, is it this one I'm seeing the picture about is just a bunch of like manipulations oh, like a bunch of petting. Oh, I, I, there's, a, there's a trailer. There's a trailer. No, no, that, that, I think I think that was like the second half of that teaser, right? The the, the first half of it was like that uh. pirates thing, and then the, I think there's the second half of it. I don't no, know the if second half game. was like some gory game, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm but like the, I think, I think this might be the game. That was the game the, we already knew about. Is that I'm is that Black Rose though, Valkyrie? Valkyrie. I'm watching a trailer that was uploaded right now, and it's got like six 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 and a bunch of. I don't know. It looks kind of. Oh, yeah, that's the one that they had the weird so. teaser site that became yeah, like yeah, nice yeah. and innocent, then became like super bloody. Yeah, with, with the mangled boobs. Yeah, the mangled yeah. boobs. <laughs> they yeah, parted. <laughs> yeah, they parted. And, yeah, the, that, that's second, what I'm curious about. Get some like Danganronpa boobs. Yeah, for, that's exactly what it'd be. But yeah, it's uh, oh uh, Genkai Toki uh, Seven Pirates. Uh, one of the things I'm um, taking this from Gamatsu, by the way. Chest growth gameplay. All right, so Sounds that's that's fantastic. Hard. That's fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Zach, it's happening. The second game announcement, also compile heart, is there. Uh, it's called Cyber Dimension Online for Goddesses. What? They're actually turning that game into. Yeah, they're they they just barely announced it right now, but. So for Goddesses, for those that don't know, it's kind of like MMO that is uh, Bert is a huge fan of in the mega di- uh, the hyper dimension games. And so that what, do we know any details game. about it, or is there? We don't know. They just literally like uh, they said the more will be at the the next place, Dengeki PlayStation issue, and that, that's all we know right now. When's when's the next issue? Do you know? Like the next, next week. Next week, yeah, because yeah, they already put out like a Famitsu this week. Uh, sorry, yeah, they already this past yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that's every other week. So that's... it might be Vert's game, dude. Oh my gosh! Like, oh my god! Is, is it actually gonna be Bird's game? <laughs> Bird we don't has actually know. got her own game. <laughs> Finally, after all hot this... takes. Which <laughs> which one is Bird again? Is that it's Xbox? the Xbox wanna be? Okay. Yeah, the tall girl with the big boobs. Okay. And so that's that's all you need to know. That's, that's all we know right now at god. this very moment. We might. Hopefully by the time that this goes up, I'll actually have something to show in the video because <laughs> I got something for the Seven Pirates game at least. But that's yeah, what... I'm not. I'm not. Uh, sorry if I'm not really following. But yeah, the the trailer that was just uploaded is like this God Prison Tower or something. Is, yeah, I don't for know. The, yeah, for, that's yeah, that sounds that's like a great combination of words. Yeah, yeah. God <laughs> Prison Tower. That's what I do. 
right, so <laughs> getting back into the news that we know about, but that's that's crazy that's happening right now. But uh, finally, just to uh, just to cap things off, we've got zero time dilemma. Now, over the past several months, they've been sort of slowly uh, sharing the different. Uh, Inmates, I guess you would say, because this is kind of like a Mars training facility. It's more um, participants, not really like participants. prisoners. Sorry, yeah, but uh, they soon will be though. Uh, but yes, now we've they've revealed the entire cast. So what's the what's the big news about this one? Okay, so the, to back things up a little bit, I was at the at, uh, Anime Expo uh, at the reveal for this. I was at the Axis panel when you they were. first announced that they were. To get in. Uh, I know. Sheesh. Um, so when they first announced Zero Escape 3, like because they kept teasing about it uh, before AX, like, oh man, Zero Escape fans are going to love this. And then they kind of went through their emotions until the very last review, and man, that was super freaking loud. The most, like, I think it's the loudest place I've ever been in. Like, people were super excited. And I'm try- I think some people were crying near me, too. They knew so, what they were there for. And they yeah. Passionate so, fans, the series. Oh, yeah. Super passionate. So we have our full nine participants. And for people who want to go a media blackout on this, you might want to tune out for this portion of the podcast. because well, this, is, this is the last portion anyway. So. Yeah, this is the yeah. last portion. So the, the, you you cut, out now. cut out now to the rest of the video. Yeah. If you want. Okay. I warned you. Zero is time, zero time dilemma. Wait, I have I have I haven't played okay. VLR. Are you gonna spoil VLR? I, I won't, you don't I, need I won't to. Spoil. I mean, okay. you do. Yeah, you do. But, you do. but <laughs> it's, it's just like a media blackout is obviously the big right. difference between know, media different. blackout yeah. and having spoilers. So obviously, we're just gonna talk about briefly. Um, yeah, briefly, yeah. I, I won't say anything about uh, 999 or VLR. I will say though that there are returning characters in this cast list from 999 and VLR, Makes but sense. I won't specify which is where. People should already know if they if they're in the end. So, yeah. uh, we have uh, Carlos, Akane, Junpei, Q, Eric, Mira, Diana, Fai, and Sigma. A good chunk of those names should already be familiar to people who are in the inn about this. The nice thing, oh, the crazy thing about this is they're being divided up into into teams this time around. Like there were always the, the divided like subsections in the previous games, but this one seems to have like more. Uh, Formulating formulate teams like you'll stick with this team. Seems like these uh, three teams of three. Uh, in Team C, you have Carlos, Junpei, and Akane. In Team D, you'll have Diana, Diana, Sigma, and Phi. In Team Q, you'll have Q, Eric, and Mira. Now, in these teams, um, they're all the, the, some of these teams harken back to previous games. So it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, how this all relates, and they did fulfill their promise in that access panel that yes, there is going to be a dog in the game. This dog seems to act like a messenger between these teams. Like there's, yeah, I guess there's like a I little, yeah, there's like the, the, there's like a little collar that this dog has. That's like a, I guess where you put in notes. Then because it, I guess it travels in between like events or passages in between the teams to communicate with each other. I don't know the really too much of limitations on that. And then it's funny because the the quote unquote mastermind of this. We don't know if it's zero yet, of course. Sorry, sorry if this is like shallow, but just knowing okay. there's this. Sorry if there's just knowing that there's this dog character like makes me a little bit more interested in this. Like, oh, there's a dog. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah. shallow. That makes dogs. A good person. Dogs are great. Um, uh, that'll be more developed than the rest of the cast. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> so yeah. that wasn't an insult against the series. I'm just I just hope so because I like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but so, is, is that is, is, was it just the cast release though? Is they, they haven't really talked too, too much about like the uh, the gameplay details just yet. 
I mean, okay, so you have this mastermind that like looks like a freaking plague doctor from like the reconnaissance. It's really hilarious. Um, so we don't know that's zero, and the gameplay is basically the, the like previous titles. You have your, there's gonna be cutscene segments, and you're gonna be solving puzzles through the environment. Uh, the, of course, they're very hush hush about like where this all leading. Uh, fans who are really uh, well versed into the story have an inkling of what may happen uh, in this. And of is course, this supposed I can't really to be talk too much. now most it, things are, most things are separated in, in the trilogy. So is this supposed to be the last game? Yeah, yes. this is supposedly okay. the last game, and um, I don't I don't want to give uh, too much out on like where this fits in the chronology of like the actual timelines. Yeah, uh, in this, yeah. but I've, we actually I've, can't really talk about much yeah, because of that, right? I've only, <laughs> I've, that. I've only played nine nine nine, so and I know there's some weird. I, I I have a hint of some of the weird stuff that happens in VLR. I don't know what it means, and I obviously haven't played it, so I, I, my imagination might be way off, but it sounds kind of nuts. Like, like, we could talk a lot of speculation right now, but we can't. Sorry. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's perfectly fine. fine. I mean, it, It's if, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll have our own separate segment podcast, unlike the, the, the spoiler cast for it. The spoiler cast. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so it sounds like it's still slated for summer. Nothing more specific than that, once again. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll announce that more. Maybe at their like, little escape uh, zero time event it's, or it's, uh, it's 3ds and Vita like the yeah, other yeah. Game. Yep, yeah. the 3ds and Vita for the summer um, or maybe they'll announce it at Anime Expo once again and blow the roof off like it like did last year but uh, it's crazy it's uh, Zero Escape 3 it's real it's happening I can't believe it Yay. I love it great so that's it for news for this uh, this edition of our RPG Side podcast. Um, other than, I mean, I, I briefly want to touch upon the fact that there is a countdown going on for the Fate series that might be touching more for Fate Extella or the Fate Extra series. We don't have much to work on that, so we're just going to kind of move on from there and say, hey, uh, that's it for the news on this latest edition of the RPG Site podcast. So... Now that we've done with that, that's kind of it for the latest edition of the TetraCast. Uh, once again, you guys can check us up on RPGSite.net, on Twitter at, at RPGSite, YouTube.com slash RPGSiteNet. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes or check us out on Discord. You really should because it's awesome uh, and it's great to see so many people being active there. The uh, easy way to get to that is tinyurl.com slash Discord. Uh, it's just basically it's a chat room that you guys can talk with other people that are fans of the site uh, and other staff members share video um, and other stuff like that pictures. Uh, I hope you guys can check that out. It's it's a lot of fun being there. So yeah, uh, for that that is it. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Adam, David, and Josh for joining me on this TetraCast. Thanks, guys. Thank I think you. our podcast tend to flow a little bit better when Simon's not here. Yeah. Play Zero Escape, all of you. Play <laughs> Zero Escape. Scaling. Oh my gosh, I hope they put out some like new version of those games so people that did not own a DS can actually play that game. But no! No excuses. Play no. Zero Escape. You can't, you can't play 999 outside of the DS. I'm sorry. There's a storybook. You gotta flip it open and look at it. No, fuck, fuck you that. Can play, you can play it on mobile, right? No, the iOS version is <laughs> gimped as hell. Do not play it. 
do not play I the I, I think I've heard that too. Play do not play the iOS version. Just do not, do not play anything that doesn't have two screens. There is a reason for that. What well, if it's on PC and two monitors? No. Uh, okay. Maybe not. Yes. If okay, you, could, you could stack the monitors on top of each other. Stack the monitors okay. and have like gigantic. Yes. Uh, a very a very conventional setup. Yeah, that's that's how you play. There are pe- this pisses me off. There are people that that like. <laughs> What, what, they play do not play it on anything that doesn't have the DS functionality. And here, and here I was talking about a podcast being that. quieter and smoother. No, David is obviously a very passionate person, I'm, a very high-sound person. It's just like I see so many people that just don't understand the reason, like even after they played the game. But like for some, it's... <laughs> It's just, it's just. Well, it's, it's like the world ends with you, right? You don't play that on anything other than like the DS, because the uh, mobile yeah. version just kills like the two-screen experience. So I understand but where you're coming even, from. Like that. even without, like, like even emulated on a PC or something, if you have the game, of course. That like, uh, it's just even even then, because it, it needs it needs to have that that same like separation. It's just I I can't explain it without spoiling it. But yeah, it's, it's okay it's, to play VLR on the Vita as well. It's yeah, okay. no, yeah. VLR you can play anywhere. I don't give a shit. Nine 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 VLR. It's built it obviously it's built for both experiences. So great. All right. <laughs> let's, let's end this podcast. Thanks a lot guys for joining us on the latest Tetracast. Catch us next time.